The following is a podcast from One Community Church. Join us as Pastor Joel Hendricks shares this week's message. I, I want to teach you, uh, again, kind of on the vibe of last week. You wasn't here. Let me set it in context. I, uh, I do not want to become a, a cookie-cutter church. I, I say that, and I want to remind you of that. I want to remind myself of that. Uh, uh, across the board. I don't want to become a series-churning machine. Uh, it is easy for me to get into this mold where I begin to look for different ideas to create a series around. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to do that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with pastors and staff that do that. I just wanted to get to a place where we're not necessarily worried because we get into this if we're not careful of, of, of this number game. And, and, we, and what, what that does for us is that if there's a crowd here, then we feel successful. If there's not a crowd here, then we feel like a failure. Well, that's in a pastoral world. I can imagine in your world, in the flesh, if things don't go the way you think they are, if you didn't lose that exact amount of weight or if you didn't reach this uh, uh, measurement in your bicep, then you, you're a failure or you didn't make this time or you didn't do these things. And so what happens is we become this product of success or failure, and we determine our value by that, and we just can't do that. Uh, that that's not how we are valued. We, we're not uh, ever to find any kind of value in things that we do or do not do, all right, because it's not the basis of who we are. So in that, I said, Lord, what is it that you would have me to learn so that I can teach the folks around me? And if I was going to do a series, it would probably be called uh, uh, Throwback Truths. Uh, you know, Throwback th- Anyway, it'd probably be something like that. I want to take us back, and I want to go over some basic truths that are found. I said truths that are found in the Word of God. Some of the things that I have forgot is that for a lot of you, we're not a church split. Y'all all right with that? We, we didn't leave a church mad because they didn't do it like we wanted to do it. All right? That's not how we did this. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of you that, yes, you may have been in church prior to one community, but there is a lot of you, you were not in church prior to one community. And even if you were, you may not have been taught just basic, now there's a big word, we're not going to use it much, okay, doctrines of the Bible. That's a big word. And if you want to get even faster than that, you with me? Say amen. We're actually going to look this morning at soteriology. Say that with me. Soteriology. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, okay, all right. We're, we're going to look at the doctrine of salvation. We're just going to back up. We're going to look at some basic truths, some throwback truths that will never change. Now, let me, let me explain, and then I'll have the Scripture put on the screen in Christ, and we'll read a couple verses from 1 John. A couple weeks ago, my family and the Pattersons, we did our annual uh, spring break trip. This, this time, uh, it come about Addison. We said, what do you want to do, Addison? Uh, we, we didn't care what the Pattersons wanted to do. Um, <laughs> no. Addison sometime back said, hey, I want to go to the Coca-Cola factory. Have no idea why. We don't talk about it. We don't really drink a lot of, yeah, I guess drink Coke Zero sometime in the house. But anyway, she said, I want to go to the Coca-Cola factory in Atlanta. So we tried to put a trip together uh, as inexpensively as possible to go down to Atlanta. And so we did. And most of you followed us on social network. And we all, again, I try to share my life as much as possible on social network. And my wife will embarrass me sometimes on social network, but uh, anyway, in Instagram. But while we were down there, we, we, we were blessed. Uh, our, our wives are thrifty, and they, they found a nice hotel, uh, the, uh, the location of it downtown. Anybody ever been to Olympic Park, downtown Atlanta? I mean, it's not like that far away from it, okay? All right, well, I, I have been there, but it's been a while, and so we, we go through the, the Olympic Park there at Atlanta, and, and I noticed where I was standing this particular day that off to my right there, I could see it from the window, but once we got down, off to my right was this ginormous, just huge, massive, big old Ferris wheel. And I didn't know that was down there. And so, of course, of course, the kids want to get on the Ferris wheel. Now, come to find out, it, it's the skyline, uh, sky view, I believe is what it's called, sky view. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, 20 stories. They say around 20 stories, 200 feet, you know, 10, 10. Oh, anyway, so, it, you know, it's pretty high up there, right? And so the truth of it is, and I just want to be real honest with you, that I was the only one brave enough out of the adults to ride with the kids, okay? All right, because the rest of them scared of heights. And so I, uh, no, I'm just kidding, forgive me, Lord. And so I said, let's ride this Ferris wheel. So we got in the gondola, and, and I, I promise you I'm going. I'm not trying to share my vacation with you or a little mini getaway. I want to share something with you. So we get in this gondola, okay? 
All right, we didn't, we didn't have the money to, to afford the VIP one. Come to find out, it's got a glass floor. I'm glad we didn't. And uh, so, so we just get in the normal kind of delay. And, and so I have the kids here. Uh, this is just, it, it's seat six, so I'm, I'm on this side, Braden's to my right, and the girls are across from me. And, and this, this gondola, it remember, 20 stories, okay, giant Ferris wheel. Uh, none of us are scared of heights. I mean, no, we're really terrified. And, and so this thing's locked in. We get in the pl- go up the platform. Anybody ever, am I, am I being redundant? And some of you say, I've, I've ridden the thing a thousand times. No, okay. And so we get on this, and we're all good. Everybody's giddy. The, the kids are talking. They're excited and all this good stuff. And then, man, the rubber hits the road, dude. It, 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 it takes off, and it comes unlocked. You know, it becomes unlocked from the platform. And we realize not only does it go like this, it goes like this. Okay, right, some of you are going, well, duh, well, I didn't know that, I wasn't thinking, right, I was trying to be tough in front of the kid, you know what I'm saying, I'm good with this, and you know, anyway, and so, in the first quarter of the turn, and I will never forget this, when that gondola became unlocked, and it started its three, wasn't it three revolutions, wasn't it three times, four times around, that first quarter of a turn, I'm telling you, with me, this is the gospel truth, that first quarter of a turn, that just, that, that just maybe 10 seconds to 20. We were freaking. And, and, and listen, let me say this. It went from being chattery and... And, and now, Braden, I, I know you would not... I know you weren't scared, dog. I understand. And so that first quarter of a turn, now I promise you I'm going somewhere. That first quarter of a turn, I mean terrified. I'm freaking, I'm going, what did I do? He's the nut that climbs trees. He should have been in here. What did I do? This thing. Anyway, after that first quarter of a turn, we get to the top. And I was cool the whole time, really. I mean, let's be honest. I was cool the whole time. But really, when we get to the top, man, the kids have gone back to. And by, by the second round, they're starting to jump back and forth. And I'm like, sit still. It's rocking. Be still, this thing moves. I'm getting sick. Ah! But they did. Man, it was all around. Ayrton's like, hey! Addison's, oh! Braden's video and everything. But that first quarter of turn, that first quarter was pure terror. And you say, why do you tell us that story? Well, I wanted to get you to laugh and I wanted to tell the truth. The rest of them were scared and I was brave. I think for most of us, if we'll listen to the lesson this morning, our salvation is the same way. We're so scared. And you know, the reason I share that story is because if we will get this truth today, if we will get what John is writing, and we will absolutely, the second major point will be to resolve our salvation. You see, that quarter of a turn was flipping terror. No enjoyment whatsoever. Why did we do this? Why did I make this decision? Why in the world did I ever come here, go there, do this? But man, by the time we discovered on the top of that first turn, the other three and a half were pure ecstasy, blast. Look at the view. Wow, check that out. Pictures, video, and giddy, jumping around. I didn't like the jumping around, but I'm just saying they did. They was all good. And I believe with all my heart that Christ would have us to enjoy our salvation and not be terrified. I think there is joy. I think there's freedom that results in joy by knowing that you are secure. You all right? It's, it's, I've tried my best. Heath has tried to teach me this, that, listen, you're just as safe here as if you were here. I just disagree with that. It's still way down there. And, I mean, I'm just saying I, I, I know and I get that. But, 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 but here's the thing. If I can get to this place where I understand that I'm secure it is cool how much freedom I have. Same, same way, I give you all kinds of illustrations. Kayaking, you know, fell out one time. All right, get it over with. Learn your bearings. But once you get to a place where you're secure and you're confident in that, man, there's all kind of freedom. And I, and I believe with all my heart that when Jesus told us that he, he not only wanted to give us life, but he wanted to give us life in an abundant way, that word there translates to the full you understand that, right? I, I, the freedom that is there, the full life that he wants to give us, not a bunch of rules and regulations and this rigid lifestyle, though there are disciplines to being a child of God. But I'm secure in that, and I don't have to worry every day to hang on. I didn't, once that gondola turned loose, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just froze, puckered up, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I, but on the top, I was like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And I enjoyed the rest of the 
the trip. And so I want you to understand what he's writing here. I want you, if you have your Bible, smartphone, whatever you carry with, I want you to turn to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. Be careful, you'll flip over. John writes three little epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. All right? Somewhere around 80 A.D., he writes this, this, letter, this letter. 1 John, or his letter, really, it'll be on the screen. He writes this to, to really confront the idea, are you listening to me, of Gnosticism. Gnosticism was running rampant at this time in history, and in their, in their attempt to have full knowledge, Gnostic knowledge, to think they know everything. I'm sure you've never met anybody that thinks they know everything. But um, uh, they, they were saying things that were not the truth. They, they were adding things that were not there. So he said, I want you to know, okay? And so this is what he writes, and, and let me read that to you as you read to yourself. 1 John 5, 12 and 13. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Who is the Son of God? Okay, let's try it again, class. Who is the Son of God? All right. And so he says, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. But if you have Jesus, you have life or salvation. And then verse 13. The only two, two verses I want to read out of this little epistle. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may, what's that word? Know, so that you may know that you have eternal life. I write these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. There is power in knowledge, and I don't mean knowledge of the world. There is power in knowledge that brings about confidence that who I am, I'm secure in that. That was the whole point of telling you that funny story, which was a true story of the sky view or skyline or whatever that big Ferris wheel in Atlanta is called is to understand that once we got our courage, once we knew, knew that we were not going to fall, knew that it was going to be safe, we begin to enjoy the experience. And so for us as children of the Most High God, and if you're not, you can have that opportunity in any second, any moment now to invite Christ into your heart and into your life. But once you get that, you don't have to always struggle to hold on. You don't always got to war at it. You don't always got to grip tightly. It's not that I can do anything I want to do, but basically I can. It's some things I don't want to do anymore, but there is courage and there is power in that basic knowledge. Soteriology is the big churchy word for the doctrine of salvation. It is the truth that is found in this Bible. Here's something cool I found as I studied this, this epistle. You with me? Say amen. I don't want to flex my education muscle and lose you guys, all right? I want to be practical in my preaching. It was very cool to find out that in 1 John, nearly 40 times, 39 times, he uses the word know. Same Greek word that's used there for know, for knowledge, to understand, to bring confidence to our life. He uses it. Did you know in this final chapter, chapter 5 of, the, of, this, of this letter, 1 John, that he uses it eight times? I, I think that John is trying to get across to the believers then and now that there is power in knowing in the security of my salvation. To understand I know who I am and in that I can be free. I don't have to worry all the time. I don't have to fret all the time. I don't have to grasp at things that are really not there. And so I want to give you two major thoughts this morning. I, I, I think that if you will walk with them with me that you will understand that you can get to a place where you can be secure in your salvation. Now, let me say this too before I go on. You are not lost or without Jesus if you doubt. How many of you have doubted your salvation? Will be honest, will you raise your hand? Will you do that? I mean, man, a million times over. A million times over. But you know, the funny thing is, before 1998, Easter Sunday night, y'all have heard that story at, at least one time. Uh, the day I give my life completely to Jesus. You see, prior to that date, I could give two rips about my salvation. I never even thought about it. I never even doubted it. Why? Because I didn't have it. But since I got it and he got me, basically, I've doubted a million times over. So I don't want you to think that when we walk away this morning that you're never supposed to doubt. Doubting is a part of the process. But now, watch this. If we can resolve our salvation no, it's in him and him alone. There is something that doubt will do. Doubt won't cause you to lose your salvation, but doubt will drain you and depress you. It will cause you to always grasp at things that are not there and worry that you didn't do enough or that you did too much of this, and some of you may have, but not in the realm of salvation. 
And so I use these two verses to basically point out these truths. The first one is this. Here's the major First major thought, I want to talk to you about receiving salvation, receiving salvation. Some of you are going to be, man, this is Bible school stuff. Good. Then you should know it. And you can roll right with me, okay? Receiving the salvation. He, he says in, 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 in the first verse I read, verse 12, he, he says, those of you that know Jesus, because we established that the Son of God is Jesus, he is God become flesh, and those of you that have Jesus, the Son of God, well, then you are saved, those of you that do not know or have not received Jesus, well, then you are not saved, all right? Let me give you just the bare bone basics of it. It is this simple. I do not know why we complicate it. I understand the methodology of the ABC prayer. I understand that. I understand what, why they teach it in Bible school and all this good stuff. I try to help you articulate. I, I did it yesterday. I, I had the honor of preaching a, a memorial service. And, and, and at the close of that, I believe with all my heart that Brother Doug would have wanted me to preach hard and to give an invitation. And people received by faith the salvation that, that Jesus offers. But see, sometimes we complicate that and we, we twist it a little bit and think we have to do this or do that or don't do this. Salvation is simply a work of God. It is simply a work of God. It is almost as if we could see in our mind's eye God reaching down out of heaven. He did that through Jesus. He reaches down out of heaven. And then the faith that we exercise is that we reach back up. And listen, you and I, we, we don't really grab a hold of him. He grabs a hold of us. It is more his hold on us than it is our hold on him. Because let me tell you what I've done several times over. I've tried to let go. You ever done that? You ever tried to just let go? Free falling. You know what I'm saying, Tom Petty? I mean, I'm trying to, hey, baby, let it go. Let's... And see, what, what I have to be reminded and what quickly I am reminded of and what I want you to get is salvation is not of me. It is of God. It is a work by him and him alone. He said that it is a gift of God. At least any man should boast in anything that we do. And it's as he reached down and we reach up by faith. And watch this. Faith, faith is not just mental assent. You understand that? It's not just something that I think. It, 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 it is more than that. It is a total being. You understand this? It's every ounce of me. I've put everything I have into Jesus' hands. I'm not talking about a religious background. I'm talking about a religious philosophy. I'm talking about just the basic red letter edition of God's word. That's what I'm talking about, just the basics. That when he told Nicodemus that, listen, no one, no one can enter. You have to be born again, once a woman, sickened by the Spirit. And Nicodemus said, what? I go back at my mother's womb? No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about a spiritual birth. We call it regeneration, where he takes that old guy or gal and he creates them new. That's salvation, and it is faith alone. It is me saying, hey, God, I trust you. Regeneration. So here's how we receive salvation. We, by faith, trust in Jesus Christ. Faith is that act, that whole act. It's not an act in a physical sense. It is that I put my whole being in him. I understand everything I have is his because I was made by God and for God, as Paul would write to the church at Colossae in Colossians chapter 1 along about verse 15. And so I receive my salvation. I want you to get this. I want you to nail this down. But this is what it means to be saved is that I have confessed Jesus Christ by faith. It's not that I have adhered to a set of doctrines. It is not that I have memorized the Baptist faith and message. It is not that I have gone by all the points that the church of God tell us. It is not that I go by the catechism. It is not that I go by what another preacher or a prince or a pope would tell me. It is that I have gone by what Jesus has said in his word, reading it for myself, not someone else, reading it for myself, believing on my own by faith and being regenerated. And I'm telling you, this is a factual happening that God comes in and pushes the old out and it is always a war till we're with him. The process is called sanctification. That's a big churchy word. I'm not trying to bore you with this. I'm just introducing the main subject this morning, but I want you to understand how do we receive salvation? It is by faith. You see, here's the problem. 
I believe I do good. I believe that I give. I believe I, I help people. I, 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 I like to believe that I'm a, a great family man. I take care of my girls. I take care of, matter of fact, I try to take care of anybody that's around me. So if your kids hang out with my daughter, I, I, she might corrupt them. But I'm just saying, if they do, I, I, I don't want them paying for anything. I try to take care of them. If I'm with you, I, I, I act like your kids are my kids. That don't mean I spank them or anything. But I just, I just, I do. I love, I love it. I, I, you know, anytime on the campus, anytime I'm talking to one of you and a kid comes up, I stop talking talking to you immediately and start talking to this child. Kids have free reign here, not to do what they want to do, but they're important. And so I, 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 I do a lot of good. I believe that. You don't have to tell me I do a lot of good. You don't have to post it later on social network. You're good. good. No, because here's the thing. The best 15 minutes of my life won't get me to heaven. Do you understand that? As many people pat me on the back or stop me and say, man, great sermon, thank you, I appreciate you, thank you, or they inbox me or email me or text me or write me or, or call late at night and I speak with them and I counsel and I help and I do all these things. The best 15 minutes of my life won't get me in heaven and neither will it you. I don't care if you've had communion every time, you've been baptized in every tank and every river between here and Timbuktu, it will not get you into heaven. That access is in Jesus. He said there is no other name. John writes here, you either have him or you don't have him. There's no in between. That's, that's simple. It did not take a seminary education to understand that plain English, all right? I, I mean, you know, just, just whether you from north, south, west, us blessed in the east, it doesn't make any difference. It's just that simple. Salvation is received through Jesus Christ and he alone. And it is personal. I can't piggyback off my grandmother's walk with the Lord. I think sometimes that our older generation have gone on before us, they have gotten there and realized, man, we, we really majored on some things that probably shouldn't have majored on. I want to be very cautious to say that I respect the discipline of the ladies that will wear a dress all the time, and, and they have the Ph.D. hairdo. Is that what we learned, the Pentecostal hairdo? All right. I respect them for that. It takes great discipline. It takes great discipline. But I wonder, I wonder, I'm being real with you, and I'm not being ugly. I'm being real. I wonder how they look now in glory. Because see, it says that we will be as he is one day. In all of his beauty, and as far as I know, the best that we can tell, Jesus was of olive complexion. Might have even looked Puerto Rican. I don't know. Long hair. You all right? Now, just real simple elementary preaching. No fancy cathedral preaching, just street preaching. You understand? Salvation is simplistic in its essence. It is complicated in our minds, but I'm telling you that the gospel says it is Jesus and he alone, and there's not a fancy look to it. There's not a smell to it. There's not a walk to it. There's not even a talk to it. He changes those things as a process of sanctification. You start here and end here, and that end point is glorification. How in the world? I, I told you this story before. I had a gentleman at the first church. I, he, uh, let me say this. I had a gentleman in my life. He, he was a, I mean, a major bigot, racist, redneck. You understand me? And if you don't like that terminology, then I'm just telling you, it, you got to get over it, okay? That's just, that's just how he was. African-American man come to church, actually joins the church, one of my best friends to this day, L.V. Wellborn, a nut, used to run Gold's Gym, one of the, one of the, one of the one, one, great friend of mine. Starts coming to church, driving all the way, all the way from the Daniel area, all the way from the six-mile area, all right? Joins the church. I noticed this prominent charter member family were not at church anymore. So what do I do? I go visit. Why did I find out that he wasn't there? He absolutely could not stand to go to church with the opposite race. And so I want you to say, why did I tell you that story? I, because I want you to understand it is very prevalent in the 21st century. And for some of you that are born with a natural tan, and I'm jealous of that, you understand that it's prevalent in the 21st century. I don't care what the politicians say. But he called me out. I went out there. I, I went through the, I, I, listen, I learned a lot in that meeting. Hey, some folks just plumb hard-headed and just, uh, forgive me, but stupid. See, ignorance can be taught. Stupidity, there's not much you can do. All right? And you say, that's just plumb mean. I'm just being real with you. And so I, I tell you all that to share this part of it. And so what I thought was funny is I said, hey, listen, how do we know that Jesus, right, he, he's probably dark, Right? 
Not even Puerto Rican looking, you know what I'm saying? So how do I know, Mr. So-and-so, that when we get to heaven and we have our glorified body that we're not black? He didn't like that too good. You say, man, you crazy. I, I think I am. I think I am. I think I'm a fool for Christ's sake. I want you to understand, we, we so overcomplicate salvation. The most segregated, the, the most set-aside place is between 10 and 12 every Sunday morning throughout the world. I want you to understand salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for the folks that last night, while they were as high as a kite or as drunk as a skunk, as we say, and I didn't say a sailor, all right, they were drunk, they were high, they were tricked. I, I, I want you to understand salvation is ready and available in Jesus Christ and he alone. It is not about the building you meet in. It's not about the style of the preachers. It doesn't matter if he wears chucks or he wears his gaiters. It makes no difference in that style. It is always and always will be about the Savior. So be very cautious that when we talk about being born again or that we are Christians or we claim to be Christians, that that is equal and level playing ground that there is no greater and there is none least, that is all equal. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. And I love that. I love that we are non-denominational, not because I choose to be anti-Baptist or anti-Church of God or Pentecostal or holiness or any other thing, or I'm against Catholics and Mormons and all. I'm not against anybody. I'm for Jesus, and I just want to be simplistic in that the truth is, is that Jesus Christ is salvation. So how do we receive salvation? It is found in Jesus Christ and He alone. It is found in that I understand that He loves me, that He wants to save me, that He reached down from heaven. As I reached up by faith, He grabs a hold of me and He holds tightly. It's no works, no good, no maybes, no hope, no nothing outside. There's no secret door, back door, side door, no pass that you can get in. It is Jesus and He alone. Now, once I have trusted Jesus Christ by faith, I put my total, I put all my eggs in one basket, so to say. I understand it doesn't matter where we're from, who we are, what color skin, how much sin, if I've been in prison, if I've done this drug, or if I've done and once I understand that, that it is simply Jesus. Once I receive him and he gets me back, because he, he's waiting on me. Once he gets me, I give him my all in faith. Well, then here's where it gets difficult. Here's where we see people, and I, I, I want to be honest with you, okay? All right, you don't want a lying preacher, do you? You don't, because I, mean, I can lie too, you know what I'm saying? But no, let me be honest with you. I've watched people over the last 15, 16 years, well over a decade. I've watched the same people Wednesday after Wednesday, Sunday after Sunday, every time the altar is open and the invitation for salvation is given, I've watched the same people be born again every Sunday. And I have no problem with that other than I think that's incorrect or it may be a lack of me teaching you what it means to be saved. And I'm not talking about eternal security. I'm talking about security in your salvation. We'll, we'll talk about those at another time. But I've watched them over and over and over. Don't raise your hand to this, but I wonder how many of you have prayed that prayer. Because we doubt our salvation. That's just a fact of it. All right? But I wonder how many of you have prayed over and over. And, I, and I'm good with it because I say, well, if they've prayed and, and, and been saved a hundred times, well, maybe the hundred and one time will it take. You know, so I'll never deny anyone or I'll never go, wait a minute, man, you prayed last week, dude. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not going to do that to you. And I'm not here to beat you down. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, it troubles me. Because, see, I understand just like that silly Ferris wheel story, we didn't enjoy that quarter of a turn. I can tell you right now, I don't care what any of the kids say, we didn't enjoy it. I say, I didn't enjoy it. But after I realized I was safe and I had confidence and I resolved that it was not going to fall well, then I enjoyed it. And so I wonder if these, these folks that week after week and week after week, week after week after week after week, they say, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I didn't get it last week. I, did, I messed up. I did these things. I just wonder, how in the world are you enjoying your salvation? I would submit to you that you're not. I would submit that if you are praying over and over and over and being born again, born again, born again, I would submit to you that you probably only enjoy it in this atmosphere. I submit to you that on Sunday evening, if, if not by Sunday afternoon, later afternoon, that you're already miserable as hell. And that wasn't a slight to cuss. Hell is going to be miserable. And to not have Jesus means I miss heaven and I inherit hell. 
So stay with me and listen to me closely. And so I'm concerned over that. I'm concerned over this cycle that, that I've got to be saved over and over and over and over and over and over and over. When the Bible clearly teaches that the, the work that he begins, Jesus says, on the day of redemption, I will complete. I have started a good work in you that I may finish that good work. I will stay the course. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So if, if, if all that is going on, and yes, we doubt, and in that moment we doubt, if we feel like we lose our salvation, what, what is it that we've lost in that? Why is it that we're warring with that? And so I just want to get us to a place where John is writing. I want us to get, uh, get to a place where you and I have freedom in our salvation. We have joy in our salvation. I, I, I have the ability to get a beer if I want one. Y'all with me? Oh, I got your attention in, didn't I? What? Yeah. Where we? Yeah. After church? No. I, I have the ability. I just don't want to do that anymore. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not that. I, 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 it's just like smoking a cigarette. I, I, I have the ability. I, I can go in. I can do anything I want to do. And, and, and I'm, like, I'm like I've heard of old. Listen, I'm not trying to criticize you if you do. If you smoke, you're not going to go to hell. You're just going to smell like you've been there. I understand that truth. I can't stand the smell of it, but I love you. So listen, but why in the world would we live in such a, a relationship with our God that every little thing that we do out there, oh my God, it's going to send me to hell. Why can't we get to a place that like John is writing, I know that I know that no matter what I do or I don't do, that in Christ I'm secure. And in that, knowing that truth and the joy that comes from that, I begin to walk away from some of the things I used to do that I used to have a hangover. I used to cough up all kind of nasty black tar out of my lungs. All right? People tripping me out nowadays got these little vapor pipes. <laughs> tripping me out, man. I don't know, but I guarantee down the road them things are going to mess people up too. All right? I mean, you're listening now. He's got like, yeah, oh gosh, he saw me. Oh gosh. <laughs> you see how much fun it is when it's free? You see, salvation is not rigid, it is not religion. It is not ritual. It is, it is not rigid in its foundation or its form. It is freedom in its forgiveness. It is grace and it is mercy. And John said, I don't care what they're teaching out there and think they're enlightened and know, or they've been doing it for a hundred years, centuries. The church has been doing it this way. He said, I'm writing you said that you know what it means to be truly saved. And it's like he gives us, watch this, a litmus test. Y'all remember that from chemistry? If it's acid, you know, it, it's like <laughs> the young kids going, huh? What are you talking about? It, it, I, here's another one. Let's just do it this way. Some people say they don't have them. I, I believe that everyone has. It's like these may be birthmarks. And so these are tests. These are tests to say, do I really have Jesus and does he really have me? And, I, I, and here's the main message. And I'm going to take 20 minutes or 50 and I'm going to give you these, Okay. All right, here's what he's writing. Remember, 40 times he talks about knowing in this, in this whole book, eight times just in here, he gives us three basic litmus tests or birthmarks, if you want to put it that way, to consider this morning to teach us about our assurance that we are saved. Not eternal security. We're going to talk about that, okay? And I'm going to show you in the Scripture the two different sides, all right? We're going to get all those things over the weeks if the Lord leads me. We're talking about baptism of the Spirit, walking the fruits of the Spirit out, all these great things. uh, Why the Lord's Supper? Why baptism? All these things we're going to get there. But let's start with a bare bone basic of freedom we find and assurance of salvation. Here's the litmus test number one. Here's birthmark number one. It's called, watch this. This is going to blow your mind. It's called the fellowship test. Fellowship test. Another one, you listening? Watch this, come go back, I'm gonna hit on all three of these. The Lordship test. Thirdly, and not in particular order, the relationship test. These are birthmarks. These are litmus tests to understand, am I really saved? You go, what? Let's start with this one, since it's the big word. Let's start with the Lordship test. How in the world can I know that I'm saved? The Lordship test. When we say that, we mean that he is Lord. That means that every decision that I make, everything that I do, it is run by him first. Now watch this. I am very cautious when I preach this that there are things I do out of Lordship. You understand? I do out of the will of God. I do because my flesh wants to do those things now. 
Because he is Lord, when I make those mistakes, when I step outside of that, it doesn't mean that I've lost my salvation. It doesn't mean I need to be born again. It simply means I need to surrender, confess, and say, God Almighty, you are Lord. You are in charge. Forgive me where I've taken control and put myself on the throne or put the job on the throne or put my kids on the throne or put my girlfriend on the throne or put my popularity on the throne. Oh, God, I confess that I put my hobbies on the throne. God, you are the only one deserving of a royal throne. And I'm not talking a bathroom, men. I'm talking about that great seat, the right hand of the Father. Stay with me and listen closely. The Lordship test. And I know that he is Lord. It means that every decision, every dollar, every thought, I bring captive under God. And because he's in charge, I understand when I'm out of the will. I understand when it's wrong. Because he lets me know, he, 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 no, he lets me know that, well, he's not in charge in that moment. You see, I don't have to. And you remember, I can do anything I want to. Y'all, y'all, y'all picked up on that, all right? But in that moment in 98, there was this great exchange that happened. I still haven't got it all figured out just yet, but there was this exchange, and, 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 and where I used to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, as long as I wanted to do it, because I was still young then, I, I, this, this exchange happened. I tried to do those things again, and I just wasn't happy anymore. And, and, and I didn't understand it. The point that I'm trying to make is that I, I no longer was in charge of my life. Now, I was so foolish to think I was before. But the moment I said yes by faith to his, his gracious offer of salvation, well, I surrendered to his lordship. It means he's in charge. So litmus test number one, to know that I'm saved, it means, well, first of all, I desire God. I desire him to run my life. Can, can I tell you that it is a cool place to be? You know, one of the, I, I mean, I'm in a great place. Y'all with me say amen. You say, I know you in church with us this morning. Yeah, I'm in a great place, man. I'm in a great place because I have staff and leadership around me that, man, I'm so free in that, that I trust their decision. I cast a vision. I leave it with them. I'm so free in that. Man, it is, it is the greatest place to be. I'm confident in the decisions they make. I'm confident in the direction this body is going. I'm confident in the roots that we're setting down. I'm, I love that. I, I, I'm just free. See, because there's been years that I think I've wasted where I tried to micromanage every little thing and hold on to every little thing and, and just say, I've got to run this and I've got to do it. And if it's going to be done right, I've got to do it. You, you, nobody's ever said that, I know. And, and all this good stuff. And, it, and really, it, it, it's that I... You ever heard this terminology, just kind of sit back in the pocket? You see, I'm not king of my castle. Oh, I know sometimes I'll climb up on top of the roof and act like I'm king. But I only have the home by the grace of God, which is basically a house. And by his amazing grace, Sandra and Addison and the friends and family that come over, they make it a home. See, sometimes I get that twisted because I had to work hard to make the mortgage. So I think I deserve. You all right? Maybe you don't trek where I trek, but I'm just telling you that's where I live. My desire is for him. It's lordship. You desire him? I, w- I want to be honest and I want to be real with you. And we're going to talk about relationship here in a moment. I-, I hate to disappoint all of you. I really do. Did you know that there's some mornings I wake up and I totally, 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 totally do not spend two or three hours in the Bible? So I know y'all think like that of me, right? Y'all think I'm like this super spiritual, holier than that. No, y'all know better than that. There are days that I'll wake up and I really, I really want to cuss the day. Is that too real for you? And there are days that I, 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 don't, I don't really even want to roll out of the bed. You know, I'm just saying, why bother? And I know, I know, and I'm not, I'm not belittling because some of you have walked through valleys. I, I don't have a clue what those valleys are like. But I want you to understand, there, there are days, and I, and I know some of you have been, I mean, snapped into like a twig. I understand that. And I ain't being funny when I say that. There are days that, that at 38, and some of you are going, you wait till you're 58. There are some days, some of you are going 68, I understand. There are some days, though, that my 38-year-old body, it just, it absolutely 
Well, it just wreaks havoc. And, and when I was in my 20s, especially since 98, and I really had some sense about me, and it wasn't so dope-infused and alcohol-laced, and I could think clearly. I understand what people means, what would mean when they would say, well, wait till you get a little older. Wait. You know, there are days that I, I just want to cuss the day. I just, I just soon just say, to heck with it. And in those moments, because I don't want you to think that I, 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 I live in this area where it's like, whew, it's tiptoe all the time. Bless God. Hallelujah. Benny Hinn style. No, man. No. There are days that he has to remind me. And what I've come to learn through the pain that he's Lord. You see, Paul, he said three times, Lord, will you please remove this? Take this thorn. We've talked about this. I'm glad he didn't tell us what that thorn, because I, if I knew that specific thing and I didn't have it, I'd be like, I'm good, baby. No, it's whatever that thorn is for you in that moment. So a litmus test to know that I'm saved is that, man, those days that I want to cuss today and don't want to get out of the bed are in a poochy, sulk, well, it don't take long before the Lord reminds me I'm in charge. For some of you, it may have been months. For some of you, it may have been years. This morning, he wants to remind you that he's Lord. And as I've preached two weekends in a row, I preached two-day-old. I preached a 73-year-old memorial service. Same dynamic, both settings. Same message in both settings. And I want you to listen to me. I did not intend to do this, but I want you to listen. I feel it. In those moments when we are assured that he is Lord, it is just like those disciples in the middle of the storm. Jesus tells them in Mark chapter 6, you go to the other side. They get in the boat, and all hell breaks loose. Jesus is on the mountain praying. The cool thing about Mark's writing from the Greek perspective, the Gentile perspective, his writing teaches us that while Jesus was up there, he never lost sight of his children. You see, in those moments of his lordship, we have to trust his perspective. You see, he sees not necessarily just the moment of crises or the morning hurts. He sees the beginning and he sees the end. He knew what started the storm and he knew who would finish the storm. So we trust his perspective. That's lordship. We trust, we trust his perspective. We trust that he has a plan, and we trust his promises that he will always reign true because they got to the other side. That's lordship. Litmus test number two in this message, not only is it his lordship, but it's his fellowship test. What's fellowship mean, class? What's fellowship mean? Somebody say eat chicken. I'm mean, where you know, I'm eat. You ready to eat? Yeah. What's fellowship? The Greek word there is koinonia. It, it, is, it is much, much more than just eating together, okay? <laughs> it's much more than that. It's, it, it, it carries with it, does, denotes the idea of doing life together, fellowship. Now, I want to ask you something, and I don't want you to poke anybody, look at anybody, or throw something at somebody. Have you ever on this journey had the, had the opportunity to, to fellowship with somebody, but once you begin to fellowship with them, you realize, I don't like them too much. See, one of the signs that I'm saved, now say there's freedom in this, and you think this is silly preaching. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being as real with you as, I, as I've ever been. Receiving of salvation is Jesus alone. No other name given amongst man where you shall be saved. Heaven and earth, but no, that's the only way. So I've received that, and you're going to have that chance in just a moment. I receive that. I receive that. Now that I've received that, how do I resolve that I am saved? Instead of doubt all the time, wishy-washy, back and forth, grasping at things, holding tightly, how can I get loose in that and let the grave clothes be behind me and become free? Well, the test of that is that he's Lord, that you're saying, God, I don't understand, I don't know, I don't even feel like I can get through this, but God, I'm going to trust you because the other side's coming. You got that point? I preached it longer than that, but you got it. Then the second one is this, it's the fellowship test. It's that even though when we don't like somebody, we know inside of ourselves that when Jesus didn't like us too much, he still loved us. You all right? It's simple elementary truths, but it's the, it's the fact. Listen, I, 
I, I told Thad, I told, I have people I talk to regular. Yesterday, I went to do this memorial service, and when I, when I knew about it, it was, it was two weeks out because, because they were waiting on someone to be released to, to, to attend, and I love this family with all of my heart, but I knew that some of the folks at this service were going to be some of the same folks that just a few years ago, well, they were trying to crucify, and I don't mean that in comparison to Christ, but man, they were really wreaking havoc on Sandra and I's life and Addison, and anyone else involved. It was just ugly, ugly, ugly. And so I was, I was antsy about that, you understand? I was kind of nervous about that. It was, it, was, it was a war inside of me. I, 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 I know that this is it. And see, the, the sign that, that, I, that I'm saved and that I've received Christ and I've resolved that I'm secure in that is the very fact that I even went up there. And then when I had the opportunity, yes, listen, we didn't all hug and, and, and do all, but, but I was nice to them, believe it or not. My papa, God rest his soul, died 19 and 78. I was about two at, at that time. And, um, didn't know him all that well. He's a hero to me by stories that he's told my Papa Craig, who was a chief of police in Westminster and all these other things. And, and, and my mom, our mom used to teach us, and our nanny still teaches us a lot of things. But she would say, your Papa would always say, kill him with kindness. Just kill him with kindness. And, and the Bible would say it this way. They, they, they'll know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I may not like you necessarily, but I love you in Christ. I may not like everything that you're doing, and I may tell you that I don't like everything that you're doing. But at the bones, the bare bones of me telling you I don't like that, it's because I love you more than I like you. Is that all right? That sounds crazy, don't it? But it's the way it works. You see, the fellowship, the fellowship test is this. He would write, John would say, now you with me, say Amen. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you will have fellowship one with another as Christ did with the Father. You, you, get, you get it, right? Don't think that I'm making this stuff up, all right? I want you to know the reason I know and I've, I'm, I'm resolved that I've been born again is because he's Lord. And when I get out of track, he reminds me, I'm king. I'm in charge. And when I get out of track and say, I don't like them, I'd like to do something back to them, I'd like to smack them. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I'm just being real with you, all right? He says, wait a minute, I died for them. I told you this story before, and I'm going to tell you again. I was, I was what I like to call sanitation engineer, all right, a.k.a. the janitor. Put myself through college that way. God, God's grace and mercy was sufficient. But as a guy, you've heard this story before, he, I, I, bless his heart, he would duty the toilet up every doggone Sunday. He, he, he loved to take the toilet paper and see, his, see if he can get every roll in that one commode. I'm just being honest with you, right? I'm just being real with you. And, and, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit because when Monday rolled around and I had to go in that bathroom, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, it wasn't nice at all. No, 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 okay? You see, it's different if it's me or if it's mine, but when, 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 when it's somebody else, it's just, just y'all all right, okay, I'll just come back to the main point. And, and so one particular week, been a long week, I was one of those, I didn't really, I was cussing today, I didn't really, and I don't mean I was using foul language, but I was just cussing today, I just, man, I'm miserable, I'm, I'm driving back and forth to seminary, I'm supposed to be the next Billy Graham, bless God, I'm, 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 I'm cleaning Duty. And I was thinking about the guy. And I was mad at him. <laughs> Get it all out. Now I want you to listen to me very seriously. And in an instant, and in an instant, the Holy Spirit reminded me, I cleaned more duty out of your life. Easter Sunday morning, 1998. Who are you? See, I love the people who are around me. Even the ones that cost me trouble because when they do that, watch this. We want to buck them and we want to mark them. But the ones that drive us crazy are the ones that drive us more to Jesus. They keep our prayer life in check. They remind us of the grace of God. Because if he can put up with them, he's sure enough been good to us. You all right? Birth marker, litmus test number three. Basic truths here. Lordship. Fellowship. I love you guys. I love the body of Christ. It's as diverse and unique and as hard-headed as it can be at times, just like myself. I love it. I love being in ministry. I love being around ministry. Test number three, the relationship test. 
salvation's received through Christ, how I resolve that is that I have the lordship test, the fellowship test, and the relationship test. This is going to challenge some of you. You're listening to me, right? We're up close and we're, we're personal. I've even told you about duty experiences, right, and stuff. I can say that around my 8-year-old. I can be talking about the duty that I serve, you know, the duty, the responsibility. She's like, you said duty. <laughs> True story. <laughs> my wife's going, would you please move on? <laughs> so we're real, we're real intimate right now, right? We're close, okay? <laughs> it's going to mess with some of you. Challenge you to read from Genesis to Revelation. There were times that he said, put a marker up as a reminder that you passed this way. Hence, Joshua, the 12 stones, 12 tribes, reminded, put one in the water, put one outside the water, sacrifice, worship. But you move over in the New Testament, there's not one place, not one place that Jesus tells us to pick a spot and always point back to in our relationship with him. Now watch this. Okay, it's mess going to mess with you because some of you are going, well, I remember like you, 1998 or whatever it was for you. No, 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 no. Let's talk about that. It's talking about a vital relationship. You with me? So I know I'm saved. He never. And, and even when John writes, even when John writes here, he says that you know that you have, has. King James, hath, with a T-H, hath. Poetic English, Either way, that Greek that it's being translated from, it's in the present tense. It means that my relationship with God is present. It's fresh. It's current. He's Lord, but he doesn't lord over me. He loves me. He's brought me into a wacky, crazy family, but it makes me who I am. And then he wants to know, How's your relationship? Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy if I said, Sandra, will you marry me on the 50-yard line of Death Valley? Whoop, whoop. And then she picks the hottest day of the year by record to exchange rings and vows and say each other, to each other, we love each other, and before God and these witnesses, and that we, have, we believe all the brokenness and all the craziness has brought us to this place to drive the rest. That's why I asked her on the 50-yard line, because we come halfway, baby, we're going to go all the way from. Wouldn't it be crazy? I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if I did all of that, yet never one time from that moment on, Talk to her. Spend time with her. Fellowship through life. Koinonia. Reminder. So some of us, we, we treat our salvation like that. We, 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 it's, a, it's a check in, check out. It's a genie in a bottle. Shh, let me rub. He's here. No, no, I don't need him now. And, and, and see, that's why we go back and forth and we doubt and we struggle and all those good things. That's why we go back and forth because most of us, we've not even spent any time with him. What kind of relationship can it be? You know, some of the hardest relationships I hear and some of you are in those are distant relationships. They're, they're, they're difficult. But if, if it's meant to be, you do everything in your power, FaceTime, you, you chat, you, you make rendezvous, you do everything you can to spend time with that that you love the most. For some of you, it was just turkey season past. You spent a lot of time in the woods. But you understand the principle, right? It's the relationship test. See, there's days I roll out of bed, and before I know it, the day's gone by, and I'm bitter and mean and sulking and pouting and wore out and backs aching, knees hurting, spider bites and bruised and, and, and sunburnt and sawdust in the back of my nose. I didn't even know the nose went back that far. I mean, just miss mad at the day, just days that are miserable. And all the time, the problem is, is I didn't have relation with the Lord. I didn't take time to say I love you and thank you that even though my back aches, you've given me the ability to use it. And even though that it feels like I got a water oak stuck in my nose, thank you that I'm breathing on my own. 
You understand the relationship test? And even though it's not perfect, I'm thankful for it. Relationship. Relationships are complicated, aren't they? They're messy sometimes. Good relationships. It's all kind of external stuff pulling at them. Always. Just pulling, just trying to get everything they can out of you so there's nothing left for the main relationship. All right? That's the relationship test. I, I love this. I, I'm going to end with this. Dr. Agent Rogers said when, y'all, you ever heard of Dr. Agent Rogers? He's still preaching loud and live long after his departure to heaven. The series, this sermon is based off a study he did. And he quoted this. He said, he said when I was a, a young Christian, my faith was like a roller coaster. I was certain one moment and doubting the next. It went this way until one day I was asking God to save me for the millionth time. Dr. Adrian Bellevue Baptist Church, after R.G. Lee. You, you, you know the history? I mean, I'm just telling you this. I mean, this, this, I mean, the voice, this power of God on this man's life. He said, after the millionth time, and the Holy Ghost said to me, didn't know he was kind of Pentecostal, that the Holy Ghost said, I've already saved you. I did it the first time you asked me. Here's what I want you to hear what he said. Who are you doubting? Me or you? Salvation is free and full by faith for you. Then it's your responsibility to know, resolve today that I'm a child of the Most High God. I may have once been this, I may be struggling with this. I may have this in my life. I may be facing that. But in the midst of all of the storms, the wind, the waves, the troubles, the trials, the aches and the pains, the failures, the fatigue, and the freckles, that all of those things in the midst of all of it, I know who I am and why he has saved me. Do you understand me? I have resolved that in my life. And so in that area, I'm enjoying this ride. So who are you doubting? How's your relationship? It's Sunday, so it's good, isn't it? It's okay. I'm not being ugly. I'm being real with you. There's days. I go, man, days. Don't even crack a Bible. Buy books, stack them, put them on Instagram. Take a picture and say, I'm excited about this new read. I'm going to read this book. Read a page or two and put it down. Pray. Pray over meals. Pray for you. Hadn't even prayed for myself some days. So don't be uncomfortable in here unless there's the need to be uncomfortable because we all won. How's your relationship? As a matter of fact, if we were just basing it on observation over the last week, month, six months, who's the Lord of your life? Or who have you been fellowshipping with? You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Why over and over and over? Why the struggle with doubt? Nail it down. There was an old Southern Baptist curriculum that come out. I taught it for years. They've republished it and made it fancy looking. It's called Basic Steps, Beginner Steps, First Steps. One of the lessons, was, and I'd never heard this before. I grew up around Carpenters, but never heard of this, this, this terminology. It's called clenching the nail. You know what I'm talking about? And they would drive the nail so far into the two-by-hour of the board, and then on the back side, they would take the hammer and clench off that part of the nail that had come through. They used that illustration in the lesson about being secure in your salvation. For some of you, it's still exposed. Today's the day we resolve, clench, walk in freedom, enjoy the ride. Because I'm telling you, the, the view, man, I'm telling you, the view, he'll mess you up, dude. He'll have you taking pictures of flowers in the woods. Yeah. He'll mess you up. The view is spectacular. The freedom is awesome. I'm not driven by production anymore. 
not driven by status anymore. I'm free. Let's resolve our walk with the Lord. Stand to your feet, please. Father, thank you for listening to the One Community Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us for worship, our service begins at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Or check us out on the web at onechurchsc.org. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We hope you have enjoyed this message and may God bless.